Hello, everybody, and welcome to our epic X-Men reread here on Crushing Comics. I'm joined here by Tyler and Fariha. Tyler and I have read these epic X-Men issues. We're back in the middle of the Claremont run. We've read them before, but Faria has not. So we are experiencing them all over again along with Faria. And today our reading was Uncanny X-Men 120 and 121, as well as the modifications to those in Classic X-Men and the classic X-Men stories in classic X-Men 25 and 26, plus a story from Iron Fist and Power Man 57 fits in here, and we'll just comment on that one briefly. Now, everybody knows 120 and 121, this is the big Alpha Flight introduction where John Byrne gets to flex his design muscles and come up with this whole team of um, second-rate Canadian Avengers. And so I just thought that before we get into that, we could talk about a little bit about national pride, right? Because they're much more of a national team than the Avengers. Mm -hmm. And all three of us have switched nations at least once, including <laughs> Faria. Who's actually been to been in Canada and then in the United States? So I wanted to start out this little round of personal discussion with: Do you all know the national anthem of your countries, Freya? Do you know the Canada national anthem? I know parts of it. <laughs> like, could you, hum, you know. could you hum it under duress? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, no. If you, if someone holds the gun to my head and they're like, "You have to sing the national anthem, or else," you know, I mean, I'll be like, "No, just." Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I know the first line. I think everyone knows the first line. <laughs> like, oh, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it starts. But no, I don't. I don't know it. Is it and the, so sadly, in the States, I also you hear the Star Spangled Banner all the darn time, mm. right? Like, uh, right. Tyler, do you feel like you generally know the Star Spangled Banner? I know the tune, but I don't know the words. Like, I don't really listen to the words. <laughs> And you know how I know about the Star Spangled Banner, well, though? It's because like you have to do it. No, I mean, I've never been in, like, outdoor places where I have to do it. But I think it's because of the Batman movie, the third one. That oh. was in the trailer. And I watched the trailer again and again. I remember. So I remember it from there. But sadly, I forgot Bangladeshi, Bangladeshi National Anthem. Because, oh, yeah. you know, we used to sing it every, before every day before school starts. Ah. And now I'm like... Yeah. I know the tune of it, but I think a lot of the words have I've forgotten. And I'm like, oh, damn. So what about you, Peter? Do you know the New Zealand one? You know, that is a funny question because there are two anthems in New Zealand. There's like the official New Zealand anthem, which is God Defend New Zealand. Uh, and I have never heard that. And also they do do God Save the Queen here, but there is a Maori language song that they also sing in kind of lieu of the national anthem in many settings. And when I was in the government service, we would sing that at the beginning of like big meetings because they've really integrated a lot of Maori culture into especially government because they want to kind of lead by example. So people, um, you know, give pepeha at the beginning, which is an introduction of yourself and, and your place in Maori. And people will um, give some like statements in Maori to open a meeting. And so it was really common that I had to learn all these Maori songs, which are called some in some instances waiata, although that one isn't necessarily, I guess, a waiata. Uh, so yeah, I know the anthem in Maori, but I do not know, but that's not, it's not just a transliteration of the, um, or a translation of the New Zealand official anthem, which I have never heard before in my life. Oh, okay. So it's like a new, it's like a, it's it's own, a totally different own song. Thing. Yeah. Totally different thing. Are you sure you don't live in Krakoa by any chance? <laughs> sometimes I wonder. <laughs> Some of the things you sometimes say, we're like, do you mm, live in Krakoa? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Something I learned today. I didn't know this. 
Yeah. So I just, I think that was, and the other thing that I want to ask about national identity before we dig in here is, is the flag, right? Mm -hmm. So in America, everything is stars and stripes. You know, you, every child knows what the flag like. I so assume, you know, both of mm -hmm. you, what the American flag looks like. <laughs> yeah, uh, we know. But like, is the, was it like that in Canada with the Canadian flag for you? so i mean you know like there is flags flying but it's not something i saw people putting in their underwear even <laughs> though it actually makes a better looking underwear <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like you know it's just like a red like you know but the thing is i never you know it's it, i didn't never seen it more as a merchandise but as a flag That's what i mean like it's not yeah. it's known it's part of the identity but it's not this thing that you want to buy in bulk to decorate your house with <laughs> right. Oh, I'm just trying to see my my flag is actually right there, the one that I was given to when I got my national uh my na like my citizenship. I still kept it and I have one for Bangladesh, one for America and one for Canada all in that huh. displayed. Yeah. So like, you know, I'm <laughs> citizen of the world. And and what is it like in Singapore with the flag? Like is that a, a thing in Singapore, Tyler? I mean, we we hang it like during National Day, which is our Independence Day. And um, like, you know, you just hang it out of your windows. Um, I mean, not everybody does that, but some yeah. people do. Um, like, you know, there was, I think when I was younger, there was a one big push for to for people to, to do it, to show, um, to display the um, um, patriotism. And, um, and, and at that time, a lot of people did it. And then after that, some people did it, some people didn't um, and things <laughs> like that. Yeah, I mean is um i actually have a note here that says um that talk about this because i was it was about um patriotism and um i i never thought that i am a patriot uh, a patriot i mean you know like like i i never felt that i'm like oh you know um uh I, i'm very proud of singapore and things like that um until recently so until the COVID, the COVID situation hit, and then um, there was this um, whole thing about how Singapore is um, pretty strict with the stay-at-home uh, measures. And then I think the a news broke that some uh, expats were like breaking the, 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 the laws. They were like, oh, because you're not supposed to have gathering uh, more than X number of people. Uh, people, I think, in a certain phase. And there were this like... Um, expats they, they were like uh openly flaunting it they were like uh having a having a picnic in a park and like uh, more than the number of people allowed and they took pictures posted on social media which causes which was a little bit of an uproar at home mm -hmm. and then um and then some people um from some people in the in in a particular singapore uh you know uh chat group was like Oh, look at look at look at how Singaporeans treat the expats. Like you know, they they treat it, they treat them like with with such disrespect and things like that. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, no, the expats were treating Singapore with right. disrespect. And that instance. I mean, yeah, you're not like you're not you, and and that was when I I was like I was really upset, and I was like, huh, I mean, I surprised myself by being upset because I was like, oh, I did not know that I feel so strongly about Singapore until something like that happened and 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 that's why i was like oh that i mean that 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 was the thing that sort of like surprised me hmm. interesting yeah so one question though 
And I think that applies to both Peter and Tyler because mm-hmm. of the countries that you guys are in or you mm-hmm. guys are from. So in Singapore, mm-hmm. do you feel the Chinese majority are more patriotic than the rest of the population? Mm-hmm. And Peter, for you, is like the Caucasian versus the Maori or like, you know, indigenous community. How is the national, like, you know, patriotism mm-hmm. differ? I mean, obviously here in America, I don't have to say a lot of patriotism and what it all means. <laughs> I mean, we don't want to get into that. But you know what I mean? Like, what, what mm-hmm. how does that kind of sh- like manifest? That's a good question because I've never really thought about it. Like when hmm. I'm in Singapore, I've never really thought about like who is more patriot, um, patriotic or um, who is not, and um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know the answer to that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. In New Zealand, no, I mean it's. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. Go ahead. Sorry. In New Zealand, it's you know I've only still been here for a few years, and my perception is. And I could be wrong in some of this because I'm still early in my learning. But for Maori people, it's not a nationalism in terms of like pride in New Zealand. It's a it's connection to the land. The land is part of their identity and and part of their language and part of their tradition. And so I feel like any time that I've been with a group of you know um, white or or Caucasian people, and there's a strong Maori presence additionally in that group that is a group that to me like feels like there's more national pride in it because you're adopting the maori traditions which it's not appropriation here like it's a, it's encouraged that everybody it's one of the official languages you learn in school like it, it's real you shouldn't appropriate actually maori things so people who have you know the facial tattoos that are a sign of um their own uh you know dedication to their to their study and to their language and to their family you shouldn't just be a white person who gets those that's not good but in terms right. of like the songs and everything and the and the practices that's actually very invited to everybody so it definitely strikes me that times that i've been in a group of like a very white group of people it i don't like feel that as much but that's me just here just in wellington just with the people that i've met it seems like um New Zealanders almost kind of like take for granted a lot of the really great things about New Zealand until they're being compared to Australia. Then it's like, <laughs> we're the best. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> that <Yeah>. happens. <laughs> I get that. No, I mean, you know, it just, it's a, it's something that has been on my mind as a lot as mm-hmm. well, because um, even in Bangladesh, in retrospect, that I can tell that there is a certain, oh yeah, rah, rah, Bangladeshi, but then, not a lot of people thought that because they were the minority and, you know, they were not necessarily, not that that country is like good for majority either. But mm. the thing is like, imagine in a country like that, if you were in the minority, it's hard to be patriotic in that setting. And then same we're seeing in America right now and all that, right? So it just, you know, it's been on my mind. So I'm glad I get to ask the question. Well, I think that forges an interesting connection into talking about alpha flight. And I'm not necessarily going to start right at the beginning of the issue, but we'll come back around to it because this alpha flight team, I think Byrne has really tried to make the team more about their national identity than most superhero teams really are of the period. You know, you have yeah. you have Shaman, who's, you know, an indigenous person who's connected to the land. You have Snowbird, who's about the native animals. You have Sasquatch, who's effectively like a Canadian cryptid. Uh, th- <laughs> this is a team that's like really anchored in being Alpha Flight. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense for most of them to be on a superhero team other than Alpha Flight. 
And even North well, Star, although this doesn't yeah. come out right away, is like yeah. this Canadian Olympian, you know, famous Canadian. So they're very, they're very much like Canada's team in a way that a lot of other superhero teams just really aren't, even when they're yeah. strongly associated with some country. I don't know. What do you I think would about say that? The- I would say though, because my family lives in Toronto, there was no Toronto representation. There was like three <laughs> person from Quebec. I'm like, mm, this is not like a, a good representation. <laughs> no. Um, no, I mean, yeah, it is. And to be honest though, it's also made me kind of sad a little bit. I'm like, there is no way to kind of stereotype Canada. Like these people could <laughs> Snow, be from anywhere. <laughs> cryptids. <laughs> like, like, you Northern know, like, yeah, because I'm like, you know, it's like, I know it's like they're trying those names and stuff. I'm like, but these people could be from anywhere. I'm like, oh, can no one's spirit and no one says sorry ever. And I'm like, yeah. you're not even doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so, yeah, I mean, it's good to see the good to see the team, though. And mm-hmm. then I was like, I was like, oh, North Star. Oh, my God. I know him. <laughs> I, know him. So, I was mostly focusing on that. Yeah, we, you I know, we do our disclaimer up front, but the, we yeah. can't help but do a little bit of commentary on House of X, Powers of X, and the situation that came after. But we're not going to explicitly spoil mm. anything from that status quo, especially with these two issues. There's no reason to. So yeah. light spoilers about people who appear in mm. the current yeah, yeah, X-Men yeah, yeah. Uh, status quo. That's as deep as we'll get in this episode. Oh no, I was gonna say that like I have a note here that say, Oh, Faria, do you know who that who who those two characters in the in the black and white costumes are? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, I, oh, now I you know. It. Now you I know. Knew it. I knew it. And then also, Sasquatch is actually a professor for the university that I graduated from. So Ooh. McGill University. Ooh. I actually graduated. I got my bachelor's and my master's from McGill University. I'm like, I know that. And I could actually imagine because I know the physics lab that they're talking about or the biophysics lab that they're talking about. I passed by that. You know, I mean, I passed by that department every day to go to classes and stuff like that. And I'm like... Oh, now I should I should have gone back. I'm like Sasquatch. Is yeah, maybe there. Apocalypse <laughs> hasn't been your mentor all this time. Maybe Sasquatch yeah. really should have been your mentor. Uh, if really I, if only I, I never, knew. I mean, you so often they'll like make up universities. Like a lot of them go to a made up university yeah. in in New York. But I McGill is real. I'm aware of McGill. It's actually a super <laughs> prestigious university. But it didn't like I didn't put two to two together. Like oh, Freya might actually have knowledge of this place. And then sure enough, you do. Yeah, I I went there. Um, and then also like the the uh, the the thing starts with like oh prime minister um and that's actually prime minister pierre trudeau so his son justin trudeau is now the current prime minister oh i didn't know and he was like a legacy prime minister like we're just re- oh. going back to the same family i didn't know that oh no no it's a, that family is they're like oh, you know, I hate they, they're loaded like are you know oh did you did you see how politics. pretty he is Oh, he became, he became prime minister because how pretty he is. You know, I'm you sure know. I could probably t- clean up a little bit and become prime minister. Oh, no, no, yeah, really definitely, yeah. definitely. But yeah, so the thing is like uh, the Montreal uh, airport is named after him. So I actually kind of looked up that with which which month this issue came out and whether he was a president. And sure enough, and it's the same hairline. Like so that he was kind of his hair was like, you know, I said the pictures in the in the group chat as well. It's him. And I was like, OMG, that's me. You guys. Well, this is <laughs> that, point that the laugh. Marvel Universe, they, they hadn't really figured out how much they had to compress time. So they were yeah. really comfortable with every issue more or less happening in real time. Exactly. And the characters, 
implied to have been aging. That that was fine for the first like 13 years of the Marvel Universe. So we're just we're just past the end of that at this point. And it's still kind of like they're very happy to pull in a lot of current yeah. events and current. I mean, people. that's why oh, wait, but, the X-Men have really have... celebrated two Christmas. Yeah, they've, they've <laughs> theoretically been friends for two years already. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, they never tell his name. So you don't actually have to even say that, whether that's a prime minister name. They just mm. call him prime minister. But so oh. it's just like a good Easter egg, you know, that is like, I'm like, ah, I know that. See, this is <laughs> so Burn. This is real Canadian representation in comics. Burn knows yes. all the Canadian in-jokes from Bria. So Wait, is that is that in the actual comics itself or in the classic X-Men. I think it's in the classic revision. No, yeah, no. So Prime, that Minister, was Prime actual Minister scene. It's in the classic, isn't it? No, it's in the actual one. It's in the first, really? first page. Yeah, look at this. Oh, yeah, when he's when he's like being given his mission. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. And expand on okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Now I know. Now I know. Yeah, yeah. Like a, he said like, oh, Prime Minister. So then I'm, I looked up. I'm like, hmm, you oh. look familiar. And then the, if you look look up Pierre Trudeau, it's the same thing. Um, got but it, then, got um, it. So I actually sent the picture, sent the page to my friends uh, and my sisters. I'm like, hey, look, representation, you know. But then my friend is like, they spell Ottawa wrong. <laughs> but my friend is like, they spell Ottawa wrong. I'm like, Tyler, is that you? Stop talking. <laughs> it is actually spelled wrong in here. It says Ottawa. It's actually yeah. with an A. I'm well, like, uh, let's let's now kind of start from that scene now that we've talked a little bit about the setup of Canada. Oh, Canada. Uh, so the X-Men have wrapped up in Japan. They wave goodbye. Wolverine gives uh, a chrysanthemum to Mariko to show that he's sensitive and tells her his real name. And then they get on... But what about Jean? Forget what about, about it. it. Nobody cares anymore. She's gone. Nobody is I'm going to ask that question twice yeah. in this issue. I was like, I was reading this. I was like, I was shouting at the book. I was like, what about Jean? Like, you're pining after that's Jean. The, you're that's pining how long, after Jean. That's how long you got to keep the flame alive. And then yeah. you move on. That's how it works in Marvel Comics. One, you have one arc. So, um, <laughs> so they all board this plane to finally go back to America. And um, it's I just find this plot so funny. Alpha Flight's big plan is they're just going to create this polar vortex and keep the plane uh-huh. in the center of the polar vortex long enough to guide the plane to Canada. And this <laughs> is how they're going to finally retrieve Wolverine, which Storm, at the end of the story, has a lot of commentary on because she's like, you are wrecking the whole environment mm-hmm. just to achieve your, your goal here. You're not really thinking about this systemically. And then the final thing I'll say, and then turn it over to you to talk about this early part of the issue is, I think it's really interesting in the plane how we finally make it really clear who the senior team is at this point under Claremont and Burns pen. You know, Cyclops walks up, goes to the cockpit, something's wrong. He's like, Storm walks in, she's like, the weather's weird. And then Wolverine's like, I was up. Yeah. You know, and so, and you really get, um, or actually the Cyclops even call for him. He's like, go, go, go. Oh, she says Wolverine's here. So Wolverine's here, yeah. And you really get the sense that these are the adults. Even yeah. though Banshee is older, that like, Claremont and Byrne have decided that Cyclops, G- Storm, and Wolverine are in charge. Yeah. Yeah. So what and, did and you look, all think of this initial sequence before we get into the actual conflict? I mean, look, look how short Wolverine is. Appropriately yes. short. He comes up to, <laughs> yeah. to Jean's like, chin. His hair takes yeah. him up to Aurora's the chin. chin. Yeah. yeah. Like, Aurora, uh, like, you know, uh, like, um, no, I was like, like, you were talking about, like, oh, what about Jean? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of what about Jean because Cyclops, the like Colin is in Cyclops' arms. But here's the thing: Cyclops knows Jean is dead. Colin 
knows she's alive. I know. So and it still that hasn't come up not once. Not it's not once. once. Not a single time it has come up. And then she's just like taking you to the side. I'm like, you homewrecker. <laughs> well, but, to be fair, they are just dating. They're, they're not, they're not married yet. They're just snuggling on a plane. No, okay? no. I mean, Jean and Scott is just oh, dating. Oh, Jean and Cyclops. They, yeah, yeah they're, 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 not they're, not, not they're not married or anything yet. So. But Colleen so... and Cyclops are just at the snuggling stage. Oh, I think this is where, you know, anyway. I don't I know say what it. you mean. <laughs> but the thing is, I was like, oh, God. Um, but the thing is, like, um, I also kind of looked at the, the interior of the plane, mm. where it's like the rest of them shows up, like the night cra- yeah. uh, crawler, cyclops. And I'm like, they, it's just like this archways and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm re- I'm dr- I'm flying in like poor people's plane or whatever. But I never seen a plane like that where there's like a rooms and everything. It's like a whole city within a plane. I'm like, oh, they're riding in style. I mean, it yeah. looks but like Air Force it, One or something where people have like individual bedrooms. Well, like, I guess there's like fancy flights. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like it's Hogarth's. It's Hogarth's yeah, plane. It's, right. Yeah, it's, it's in his the, personal the, jet. The, yeah. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, is Jaren Hogarth's plane? Yeah. I'm like, oh, J- Jessica Jones's lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the, I thought. That's, I this like, is the this I've read this issue so many times. This is the first, first time. time that I recognize. Oh, Jaren Hogarth is the lawyer of Daredevil, Jessica uh, Jones, and I was like, that's I mean, not not Daredevil in Jessica Jones, and I was like, I was like, oh, okay, I, I never realized who that is because I've I've never read any like um. Uh, 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 what was that? Uh, I, Iron he's Fist. He's an Iron Fist a lot. Yeah, I've not read any Iron Fist um comics before, so um, not much actually. Uh, just a little bit here and there. So, so I did not recognize the name until this time. Well, and the other fun right. thing uh to notice here is that there's an it's an all woman flight crew. And Tyler, <laughs> why is that a fun uh little fact? Well, it's an homage to Claremont's mom because Claremont's mom is a pilot. Yeah. Yeah. That's because I also noticed that. I'm like, mm. Claremont loves like, his you know, lady pilots. Every yeah. time he okay. gets a chance to have a lady mm-hmm. pilot, he will he does it every you time. Do it. He does lady pilot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well that's that's pretty neat. And I, and I was also kind of thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, back in the day when you could just walk up to pilots. <laughs> Can't right. be like, doing let's that just have a meeting in the cockpit. Everybody to the cockpit. Yeah. No, but this is right. a private plane, to be fair. This is yeah. like a that's private true. plane. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, I mean, the sequence actually kind of end with, like, Sasquatch holding the plane from the bottom and then just throwing them like that. Yeah. So even though they kind of landed and then it's like they, he just throw him and then um, then the Alpha Flight guy, Hudson, he's like, oh, I didn't tell you to, like, you know, you lumox. I didn't tell you to throw them like that. He's like, oh, I, know, I don't like, know what, my strength. Sasquatch is, he, I don't know. It I just don't really know. makes me laugh every time. He's like, oh, I didn't know my own strength. Like, well, what were you trying to do? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, what was that caused you to throw the plane? You know? Right. But, like, so, you, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting that they introduce Alpha Flight and then they don't... Um, not everyone plays a part and they don't talk about their powers or anything. And and so you kind of like, oh, okay. You're like slowly figuring out like, oh, okay. So um, Sasquatch, we know is super strong uh, from, from this, from, from throwing the plane. And mm-hmm. then, and then I was like, okay, what about the powers of the other, the other characters? Like, do, do we know anything at this point in time? So I was like, I thought that, it's a pretty good device to sort of like catch your attention and hold your attention. Um, and this plot, it's a strange plot. I, I like mm. it for that reason because it's fun and mysterious, especially because yeah. I always completely forget it before yeah. I come back to reread it. 
But uh, basically, the X-Men are like, we're too conspicuous as a group, so let's like split up and split meet up. in the center of town. Yeah. And, and then individually, Alpha Flight tracks them all, and some of them fall prey to Alpha Flight, and some of them don't, which leads to a wonderful confrontation in basically a mall dressing room between Storm and Vindicator here, which yeah. I just find, I find it delightful. Uh, so I think it was kind of like device over story. Like, should they have mm. split up? No. But did mm. it create this really kind of fun story about like, ooh, how do they match up with Alpha Flight that would yeah. kind of tee up a fun fight in the next issue? Yes. So like, I, I think it serves its purpose personally. So remind me, is this the first time they're actually facing off with a super powered team? Because before they were meeting that. individual, right? They, they were the meeting Avengers, up with like in the Silver Age. But yeah. since we've been uh, back, this is the yeah. first time they've count. been like. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. If you're talking about Silver Age, then the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants was the first people that they faced. Yeah. Oh. But, okay. But these, but since they came back, um, there's like the Adam at the very beginning, but that yeah. wasn't like a real team. They fought themselves twice. Yeah, they fought themselves several times, <laughs> uh, and they did fight like, like in the when they during the McCran Crystal thing, they fought like the whole Shi'ar, whole Shi'ar Imperial Guard. Yeah. But there were so many of them that it was like it didn't it didn't feel like this one to one. You know, each each person will fight, and one will win, and one will lose. Like I feel like the, the first time it's really felt like this, mm. and the right? Rounds. And then they're also kind of matched up against each other, yeah. like you know, in terms of like the power level and stuff like that. Because yeah. um, <clears throat> North Star, everything that we know about him now, is pretty much the only one who can catch Nightcrawler mid transportation. Yeah, because well, he's that too, fast. Really plays yeah. the right. games with Nightcrawler over mm -hmm. the course of these two issues. Right. The so idea that like, like as fast as he can teleport, they're fast enough to notice where he's teleporting and like be there before he yeah. like fully materializes. Right. So one is holding bottom up. You know, if they're not careful, they can really ruin, <laughs> ruin Nightcrawler. It's like, oh, it smells brimstone. <laughs> but yeah so I mean you know it's like and then the whole thing is like oh why are we in the mall it's like I mean you know this uh, Clara Mode always riding, trying to put like, clothes on Storm always trying to yeah. mm. Storm with your with your post-colonial ideas <laughs> right no I mean but the thing is like it's like all of this it's like oh why are we in the in the in the mall well you know m m m um, Colleen was right we have to dress up and it's like ah oh, I don't need to need it or know all of this someone just fight <laughs> and also they're like putting clothes clothes on Storm because they're like you're gonna be cold and Storm's like I do not grow cold yeah like, oh, I don't feel okay. cold at all oh, okay then it's like okay you would be more weird like in one person in whole of Alberta not wearing jacket Alberta is cold guys it's very cold yeah. so I mean, yeah. the other thing also is that, um, like, Burn, I think, I, I believe it's Burn who drew himself into <laughs> into the book. So many like, times. Yeah, so I many times. And I Austin noticed. as well. Like, yeah, the there's, like, so many, like, because there's so many random random people's shot face name. first. Yeah, in, the, in the face first, and then a name and everything. There's, like, this whole thing where it's, like, there's a John and Darius is yeah. on a date in a later yeah. issue. So I'm, like, is yeah. Darius is his significant other? I don't know. But the thing is that I'm, like, why? Why? <laughs> Why are these people just in my face all the time? But yeah, well, there's like there's Burt Reynolds too. He didn't have like oh. he does he does he doesn't have any speaking roles, but oh, it looks like him. Okay. And then he has oh, yeah, that, but it that, says his name, name tag Burt. Yeah, okay. <laughs> name tag is there. 
the whole Canada is there, you guys. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, we, this is everybody right. in Canada at the time. They've all guest starred. So, <laughs> <laughs> so as a result of, this, of these face-offs, uh, Wolverine and Nightcrawler are captured, but everybody else makes it. And so this leads them to, we skip some time in the next issue. Yeah. And they're facing off over Wolverine and Nightcrawler as captives. Although, kind of hard to hold Wolverine and Nightcrawler captive tied up with some rope, as Wolverine will point out later in this issue. Yeah. And you, there's this beautiful, beautiful splash page of the X-Men coming upon Alpha Flight. And the thing that always strikes you on this page is, you know, the X-Men team, this is part of Cockrum's designs, right? All of these mm. people who are in their outfits with the exception of Cyclops are Cockrum designs. And then hold that against Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight's costumes are iconic. Like, iconic in the sense of you could make just a flag of one of their costumes, even though one of them actually is a flag. But I mean any of them. <laughs> and you would know what flag that was. Or I could have a, a sweater or a jumper on of one of those costumes. And you would know, oh, you're Shaman, you're North Star, you're Snowbird. Because they're so iconic. And I just think it's a really interesting divide between kind of Cockrum's design aesthetic, which is this very, got to use all three primary colors to let you know it's a hero. Got to have, you know, a, an accent color and Burns aesthetic which is very one color with shapes knocked out in white or, or a negative space in terms of Sasquatch. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is it, am I, or Shaman rather. Is this me? Am I the only person who notices these things? No, I mean, no, I, I definitely mean, notice a star. I mean, not, not star, that, that maple leaf design yeah. on all of them. Yeah. That's why well, I was saying that Canada flag like, makes better underwear. It's kind <laughs> of a maple leaf. I don't really feel like North Star and Aurora's is a maple leaf. It's oh, got uh, on the hips. No, no, no. Like, no, it's a starburst. Thought, well, it's kind of a starburst. No, that's right. You're Two right. young men, shaman. His might be an inverted maple leaf, like over mm. his um, over his chest. And then Snowbird I, doesn't really have a maple leaf either in her in her theme. Mm. But I did like like you know um, Vindicator or Hudson's uh, yeah. thing. His and uh, Avalon's latest costume. I'm like, damn, those are really good. And they're both humans. I'm like, damn. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they have like really cool looking uniforms. I'm like, mm -hmm. mm, like, you know, but yeah, but put him in a red underwear. I think that would be nice. I often, by the way, will call Vindicator Guardian by mistake because there's the yeah. Guardian and it's a whole thing in Alpha Flight. Maybe yeah, it's a whole thing. So, uh, so they get into the OK Corral, but, but Colleen and Banshee are stuck outside by some yeah. force. And so now we really get a pretty cool super team showdown here. It's very attractive, and it feels to me a lot different than a lot of the fights we've seen so far because everybody's allowed to be competent. Like, they make mistakes, but yeah. no, it's not just like, you bonehead, you rushed in. Like, it's kind of yeah. like some people outmaneuver other people, you know? Yeah. yeah and it, all and this I, training paid off. I kind of like the fact that, like, um, Cyclops is the one that is um, a little bit rash here by smashing everything. And I was like, and then Colossus was the one who's like, oh, um, Shouldn't we be cautious? Shouldn't we be doing this? And he's the one who noticed the um, uh, ambush attempt by Nostar. So yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. It's just starting to like build a little bit more character for each of them. You know, the Colossus is like a perceptive. Yeah. And it leads to this really cool moment of like Storm is like, we, we've got to take care of this 
winter storm. It's going to, you know, it's growing out of control. She goes up to take care of it. And it's this great, like, chess match moment where Storm takes care of the storm. But then yeah. North Star knocks out Storm. And then Cyclops yeah. knocks out North Star. It just really makes me think of, like, a fast-paced game of chess as exactly. these pieces are all kind of taking each other. Yeah. And then Cyclops is really angry that North Star hits, hurt Storm after Storm just, like, saved North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wolverine, of all people, has to stop Cyclops yep. from just, like, pummeling North Star, which, again, I think it's just, like, a really fun moment. Exactly. Yeah. I also like that panel where it's, like, North Star is in the background with, like, a st- like you know, just this f- flash lines, and then it's, like, shoosh, it's, like, well, I'm like, yeah, it's one of those things. Like, can't be showing a man punching a woman. So right. Let's obscure it a little bit. Yeah, let's obscure yeah. it a little bit. Um, but the thing is, like, there is, um, I mean, I, I don't know. I was just kind of getting a little bit tired of, like, oh, here we go, another fight. Like, it's like, oh, we just got somewhere, we fight, and then we got somewhere. Like, let's, let's, let us all go home. It's the world like, war, just, Tria. They've got yeah, a fight the on every tour. continent. Exactly. Oh, that's right. That's right. So that's that's what it was. Like, well, there's, ah, okay. <laughs> there's also this this whole exchange between Cyclops and Vindicator. is like it's it's just like lame insults. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that's things, Mister. And then Vindicator is like, you better get used to the smell. I was like, what kind of very insult? professional, <laughs> extremely extremely professional. I think like the more more, for me though it just didn't work like you know I was like ugh more because it's like oh they exchange Wolverine it's like okay I'm gonna go with you just let them go and then I was like oh okay it's setting up for a long term thing that Wolverine will be gone and he'll be oh no he's back in the next page like he's back don't worry about it nothing can hold him and I'm like every time I'm like a baby who has no object permanence I'm like oh Wolverine left and then he's back the next page I'm like ah they got me again like I always forget (laughs) because it happens in the span of like a panel so but then every time i read a panel i'm like ooh, plot development yeah and then you know then i was then i was with my rocks hat on Uh and i was like well i mean you know because when we're doing rocks reading we don't know what happened right it's all up in the air so i'm like ooh, maybe wolverine made a made a deal and came back Mm. i'm like maybe not no this is this is the first canonical evidence that wolverine can teleport <laughs> That's why no. he's everywhere in every issue later on. It's like, and and why is it that no one knows? Because no one asked him. Oh, that's right. Because yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. gonna let you know. You do not. You never ask. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, but this is my legit question. People are like, how the hell did you get here? But it's like, yes, I'm. What are you talking about, psycho? Yeah, I know. I well, I just want to, I mean, let's just review Vindicator's overall level of professionalism to this point, right? In his previous appearance, he just like ambushes them and tries to fight Wolverine without even talking to them and almost drowns yeah. more McTaggart. Thus, mm-hmm. well, I just promise no spoilers. Uh, and so then uh, in this issue, he basically goes back to the prime minister to whine. He's like, these X-Men are really tough. You gotta activate Alpha Flight. And so and so then he like spends the whole fight na- he gets his ass kicked by Storm. He spends the whole fight name calling with Cyclops. And then he puts Wolverine unsecured into this van that Wolverine just cuts a circle out of the top and hops out and makes it back to the airport. Vindicator, perhaps not a great team leader. This this is what I'm but gonna he, put out. But then he's also self-aware of that, though, right? Because he constantly bitch about it. It's like, oh, I can't lead the team. So I think he's self-aware in that way. But I'm t- assuring you, Canada is not that incompetent. It's just a him him thing. I don't even sure if he's Canadian. He's probably not. So <laughs> I'm just de- I'm denouncing him. But yeah. Well, but, but are- on 
Oh, go ahead, Tyler. I mean, I'm just saying, like, on, on one hand, he's not competent, but if you look at it, you know, at his team, I think all of them are pretty much, I mean, good they're at what good. they're doing. Oh, they know yeah, what they're they doing. Were. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Shaman gets a little, in a little over his head, yeah. crib, but, this, but I don't blame. I I think that's just them not knowing how to express his powers yet as, exactly. as, as a creative team, honestly. I mean, and, and also I think, like, Northstar is, um, I mean, he's he did the right thing. Because he's like, yeah, Storm is the strongest one. Let's take her out first, you yeah. know, and not giving her a chance to do anything else. So yeah, yeah I mean, I, was... I don't, I don't appreciate him uh, like you know sucker punching uh, Storm, <laughs> but you know, but, if there's but, I mean, any, if there's any woman who can survive a sucker punch, it's Storm. Like you know, she is at this point, she's like beyond all gender. Yeah, or she's gonna pull like, a knife out of her cape. And yeah, her like fish. you know, like, somewhere is like you know. But the thing is, I'm also like you know, knowing what I know about North Star, I'm like that is so on character. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is so on character. Oh, I love it. So yeah, so no, I was, I was but, very excited about but it. But that makes you appreciate like William's writing, right? Because she oh. got the character so well that like when right, you right. are reading this next, you're like, oh yeah, this is in character. Oh, well, and I would say not to just talk about a bunch of stuff that y'all might not have read yet, but even if you've read Astonishing X-Men by Marjorie Liu, who was mm. one of the first people after Chuck Austin to really make Northstar a part of X-Men, right? Northstar, yeah. though widely acknowledged as a mutant, had never yeah. really been an X-Men character. No. Uh, and mm. so Chuck Austin kind of made him part of the cast. And it's one mm. of the reasons that I will sometimes defend that Chuck Austin run is like, it's a fun cast. It's fun. He uses Northstar really well. Uh, I mean, and offensively sometimes, but well. Uh, but then Marjorie Liu uses him on Astonishing X-Men. And I think mm. that's what really cements this idea that kind of a lot of his past bad behavior is explained by his struggle with his identity. I mean, he was one of, if not the first gay superhero to be yeah. outed in a comic book in the 90s. But it takes a really long time for writers to catch up with that and use him effectively and then connect that to his past stories. And so now I think he's just so cool here. Whenever I read mm -hmm. old North Star, I just think he's so cool. Right. Yeah. Well, he's not as good looking though because he's better looking now. Because well, John Byrne <laughs> wanted him to be an elf. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ew. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait. Elf has a nose. His ears are pointy because, like, at the time. Anyway, long story. Yeah, well, but, Marvel uh, has elves. Like, you I can, mean, you know, elves. Really, you can, oh. I have not read a lot of Alpha Flight, but you know, we if you want, you can read the Alpha Flight. Maybe, maybe oh, Tyler and I can just challenge each other to read. Maybe we can just do yeah. one big episode that's like twenty-four issues of Alpha Flight. Uh, Alpha Flight. Flight. I have yeah. all of it. I have the whole run in a short I have box. the omnibus, but yeah. um, I've not I've not read a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, I'll be the tiebreaker. Yeah. yeah I mean Free is from <laughs> Canada. This is her book. So. I know. Yeah, this is my book. Mm. <laughs> you know? But but does anyone feel like, you know, Caramon is fine is slowly realizing that Storm is the one Oh, he wants yes. to write instead of Phoenix, right? I think Claremont has realized Storm is the one and Byrne has realized Wolverine is the one. And that's yeah. what that scene on the plane is. It's like, well, yeah. we need Cyclops, but here's Claremont walks in his character that, that he's <laughs> using and Byrne walks in his character that he's using. And I think that's why that scene is so significant because they both have like figured out the formula. Yeah. It's, it's, the it's there, the, like, you know, it's there, um, what you call it? They're made for each other. Yeah. Well, so there's been a few revisions to this from Classic X-Men. We're getting towards mm. the end of Classic X-Men actually making revisions. Uh, in fact, are these the final two? I think these are the final two issues that have revisions in Classic X-Men. Oh! From this point forward, Classic X-Men just straight up prints the straight issue up with like minor yeah. art corrections. Mm -hmm. So um, in the 
classic reprint of 120, it starts out with a little bit more time for Vindicator to kind of explain mm -hmm. his relationship to Wolverine. He actually rings up his wife, Heather, on the phone. And in the future, there'll be inserted a lot of material because they're the ones who find Wolverine Savage post-Edmantium experiments yeah. and kind of take him in. So they do have a really long history with Wolverine mm -hmm. that makes a lot more sense when you've read more of the material. And this is Claremont giving us a little bit of connective tissue for that. But we also get two pages of Gene and uh, being Moira. very post-human, like I don't need to eat anymore. And mm. Mora, who thinks that Banshee is dead. And it's a, actually a pretty cool scene. And the lack of the Gene and Mora plot to me kind of sticks out a little bit in these two issues because we had been getting it in the issues mm. previous. Mm. And then the revisions to 121, it's um, pretty straightforward. It's just like one chunk at the beginning where detaining the X-Men has created an international incident. This is the <laughs> one time in the history of X-Men that governments have come to the, yeah. to the defense of the X-Men. There's like the like Japan like storms in their, yeah. their delegate or ambassador or whatever. And he's like, and how the, dare you? They just saved our whole country. I know. And then the U.S. ambassador came in too. It was like they they are trying to prevent a disaster, a weather disaster in northern North America. What are you trying to do? I mean, when I saw that, I'm like, how like how tiny like short term their memory is. They forgot all about it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like with a new status quo, it's like what? What do you mean you're gonna be doing that? Can't be doing that. <laughs> like, oh, remember that time? <laughs> so yeah. Well, yeah. there's a few other stories for us to fit in here. One is just like a brief Wait, kind before, of... Oh, before we skip to that, I sure. just want to ask... Uh, I mean, I just want to go back to the part where Moira and Phoenix had the conversation. In class. And I thought it was like, you know, if you reread it with like the hotspots kind of... Um, uh, we said uh, we weren't gonna spoil understanding. this episode. Yeah, we are not going to spoil too much. <laughs> just, I'm just, just lightly, I, gently. Yeah, I'm just going to say that, you know, there's this line which I thought was really interesting. Where you know Moira said that you know res um I mean not not Moira I mean I think it's I think it's Phoenix or Moira I can't remember who but he says that oh resurrection is for God we <laughs> humans should live well enough alone and then oh, Moira, yeah. and then Moira says something like oh you'll be fine you'll be fine <laughs> yeah. and I was like I was like <laughs> yeah I read that I was like oh, girl you have no idea what's you coming you have no idea yeah because it says that. I think Moira says that um, and the fear of the unknown of the future is even worse. I was like, seriously? You are the one who said that? Well, I yeah. mean, I'll just say, and we say it almost every, part of why we're mm -hmm. doing this read is because we wanted to go back and re-experience these books with the viewpoint that Hickman has inserted as of House of X and Powers of X. And pretty much every line of dialogue works uncannily well. It was it's, uh, the, so the thing that I've decided, and we, we then we have to stop. We'll talk about it more in the Proteus yeah, yeah, arc, yeah. which is a couple of Definitely. But yeah. the thing I've decided for myself, think on this for until we get to that episode, is Hickman wrote the story that he thought had always been suggested by all of the weird dialogue choices. That's my thesis statement. Okay. Yeah. So agreed. Mm -hmm. There are a few other stories to insert here. One is Iron Fist and Power Man, or Power Man and Iron Fist, I should say, number 57, yeah. which actually follows this directly. It has the X-Men kind of touching down, and uh, it's not written by Claremont or Byrne. And yeah. they have a run-in with the Living Pharaoh, and the X-Men help a little, and it feels like it's about to turn into like a full-on X-Men team-up, but really mm -hmm. it's just like Cyclops and Nightcrawler kind of distracting the Pharaoh a little, and it's yeah. not like a It's not even a fight story. or anything, yeah. yeah. 
they didn't do anything significant. The X-Men didn't do much, no, basically. they're there. Yeah. It fits. It has a little yeah. bit of, like, Cyclops um, and Colleen and then also Misty yeah. still not telling him that Jean is alive. But I know. That's, that's really all there is to say for it. Yeah. What about Jean? That's, yeah. that's what that's... We're almost there. So then, uh, classic X-Men, 25 and 26, and actually uh, 26 theoretically fits first, but we'll just talk about mm-hmm. them in this order. So 25... Yeah. Free, what did you think about this story? I find it a little confusing. This was the Wolverine in the uh, in the snow story. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like, uh, yeah, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't quite. I mean, it's like one of those super uh, like standard Wolverine story that mm-hmm. every writer in, inserts yeah. in their run. And I'm like, oh, here it is. Here's the Claremont version of this. This, this, by the way, if you read that, that same story appears in Aaron's run. Every writer, whoever wrote it, and I'm pretty sure Percy has written it. It's probably Wolverine 15 or something. It's yeah. it's the same exact thing. It's like ah, so, whatever. That's the thing, right? This this is a story that would f- really fit right into the Black, White, and Blood anthology. It would, and yeah, oh, and yeah, it would be like a perfectly yeah, yeah. good story. But and... here's my question: What is he blowing up at the beginning? He's like, I took a side job. Yeah. To, to kill, like, I, he blows I, up like a. A dormitory full of people. I don't just, know I that. Really so, confused. so that's yeah. one of the reasons I'm like, oh, is it? I actually genuinely thought in the omnibus that I'm reading, I'm like, oh, is it misprinted? It's probably coming after some other story that I haven't read. So that's one of the reasons I'm like, oh, and then I'm like, yeah, whatever, don't care. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah. I, I have read this, read the same Wolverine story so many times. I don't care yeah. anymore. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Laura secrets. also has a story like this. Something Laura, about, like in yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Laura has a story like that. Dakin has a story like Gabby will get a story like this. Like, you know, the same story. Every Wolverine will have yeah. that story. And he's doing it, he's doing it, like, for Central. Like, who is Central? Yeah. No idea. Just, I don't know. I was lost. Yeah. I, I mean, so, I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, Wolverine is tracked by Hunter, and he's because he's under duress from being tracked by the Hunter, he winds up killing a bear, and then he feels sad. It's, it's a very Wolverine story. So then we have classic X-Men 26. By the way, that story was from the last two issues, that classic X-Men backup, but it fits here because it's clearly they're in Canada. Uh, Mm -hmm. So then we have classic issue 26, which is so strange. Wolverine and Banshee are hanging out at the bar. They're back to the mansion at this point. And um, they're reminiscing about a pair of missions that they went on that actually converged and they were in the same place Mm -hmm. at the same time many years ago. Freya, what did you think about this one? A fine story. I mean, you know, I, it took me a while to realize that they're in the same bar. I'm like, oh, that's great. But it's a final panel that was made it all worth it. Like, you know, when they all laugh at Cyclops. So yeah. I'm like, oh, it's a good, fun time. Boys nights out, you know. Um, and then, yeah, so it was it was fun. Like, I mean, something that I want more in the main stories, to be honest, rather than every time we just, you know, get somewhere and we fight, we fight. Mm. It's like, so it's, I, I thought that that was pretty nice. What did you think, well, Tyler? I mean, this is not written by Claremont. No, it's not. Oh, yeah. who wrote it? This is written by The Lateral, like Tom um, Ozachowski. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. That's a nice story. So, and the arts by John Bolton, I thought was like... It's a very different Bolton in the in the flashback sequences because it, it looks really cartoony. Whereas... Right. And so I think I think it also kind of helps with the fact that these are all flashbacks. Like, yeah. you know, these are a flashback. And I was kind of hoping that the art style was actually, it was two different artists for each of the different uh-huh. point of view. That would have been really cool. But 
I think it's it's serviceable. Like it yeah. still like works in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's just like um, it took me a while to realize that they, it's actually the same. You know, I, I wish that it was kind of like, oh my god, that was you. Like you know, something like that. I think that would have brought it home faster, but like or better. Um, but yeah. you know. Yeah, I think it's, it's. I think if you're a big Banshee fan and you like the idea that Banshee like had this life before X Men, that's who it's for. I don't think it's like mm-hmm. that great as a Wolverine story. It feels mm-hmm. like if you're if you're like a number one Banshee fan, yeah, read this. Uh, and we would like to know who you are. Yes, please keep, please let us know. There are people who like Banshee. <laughs> like who are you? Who are you? Everybody, everybody's fans. somebody. Everybody's somebody's favorite. True. <laughs> is True. All, that's why X Men is has so many fans. Yes. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of our discussion on this episode. If you want to keep on reading with us, next episode we're going to be tackling the X-Men's first run-in with Arcade from Uncanny X-Men 122 through 124. We'll also talk about the classic X-Men backups in 29 and 30 because they fit there. We're not talking Mm -hmm. about the classic X-Men backup in issue 27 right now, which did reprint 121 because we already covered it earlier. It fit a little bit earlier into continuity. So please do keep reading along and joining us for this read as we inch ever closer to the Proteus story and the Dark Phoenix saga. Uh, <gasps> we're, get, we're almost there. Uh, almost Because there. this is a yeah. lot of fun to see these through new eyes and get to talk to them with each other, especially these classic issues, which, you know, I read, Tyler read as, as kids and didn't get to, like, have an adult conversation about mm-hmm. with a peer. And, uh, and what has that made us realize, Freya? X-Men is better when it's read together. That's right. So we're so happy to get to read them together with each other and to read them together with you. We look forward to your comments and the things that you noticed and loved about these issues. And until we get to speak to you again, please be well. Bye. Bye.